0: Welcome to the chocolate cake bites podcast. This is a podcast where we will discuss the sweet nuggets of goodness that come from living the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm your host, Ken Williams, the opinions, attitudes, thoughts, and ideas that we discuss are those of the hosts and guests, and are not necessarily a reflection of the actual doctrines of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Thanks for listening, and enjoy this week's conversation. And we're back! This time, I have another favorite. That's <laughs> my favorite. First daughter, is that what we're calling you? What are we calling you these days?
1: Just, just stick with the favorite.
0: Just the favorite? Yeah. We'll go with that. This is Allison. Hey. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So we've we've had a couple good conversations over the last couple of days. And the great thing, I think I've mentioned this before, is I'll say something like, oh, let's record this. And then the next day when we're ready to record, um, <laughs> uh, what were we talking about? So that's kind of where we were. But what we were really talking about is the idea, kind of what we... We're discussing last week with, uh, with validation, making places, uh, lessons and, and conversations safe places for other people. But, but, uh, this idea of validation and how it kind of butts up against the, uh, the, the lesson or the, the thing that a lot, a lot of times I think we discuss or that we, tr- we try to live by love the sin or hate the sin and, or as, mom was saying it earlier, love the sin, hate the sinner. I said, no, 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 no. You have it backwards. Love the sinner, hate the sin. So, and, and I worry that that sometimes is problem- problematic because sometimes hating the sin, especially if it's something, if there's an identity wrapped up in that, and I don't know if identity is the right word, but, but if there is a if if the sin is is really ingrained in the the individual, then how do you extricate? There's my college word of the day. <laughs> how do you how do you separate the sinner from the sin? So with all the answers, Allison,
1: take it away. Um, I'll just quote my favorite person Annette and <laughs> just just Thank love them you. Thank <laughs> you so much. You're welcome.
0: Just love, just love people.
1: Just, just love people. Um, I don't know. I don't love that idea, thought.
0: Uh, the love the, sinner, love hate the, the sin, love the sin,
1: but hate the sinner.
0: Or you have it backwards. <laughs>
1: just don't do any of it.
0: <laughs> don't hate anything, anybody. Just,
1: yeah, I just don't like that we. I don't know, are assigning sin to someone who may not be sinning? I don't know if that's the right way to put it, but it's it's just being super judgmental when there's no need for judgment there. Um, we were talking the other day about, um, like I have friends who love coffee and will drink it yeah, tell that day, tell day. that story. Um I have We're, a friend we can change <laughs> some of the uh, some
0: of the circumstances.
1: Um well I don't I don't I don't know how you want me to tell the full story, but um I have lots of friends who love their coffee and they will drink it as often as they can. And to them, that is not wrong. it's right. a normal thing in most of the world to
0: for some kind of a we can use beverage this this beverage is a as a, an example, and they don't have she doesn't have a commandment in her right. life she's not a, a necessarily a religious person, but there's nothing in her life that has suggested that coffee is is a violation of any kind of a commandment.
1: Right. It's just something that she enjoys. So why do I need to place that sin on her when it's not, it's not a sin to her? Right. She's not in the same place I am or have the same beliefs that I do. So... I don't know. I just feel like if I say, hate the sin, love the sinner. Did I get that right? Yes. Um. Then that's me taking sin and putting it on someone's head who wasn't necessarily sinning.
0: So you're holding her accountable to your values and not necessarily right. her values. Okay. So a couple questions. Number one, let's just suppose that she called you up. You're on your way in, into work, which I know you don't work together anymore, but you're on your way to work. And she says, ah, oh, I was running late. I didn't have a chance to stop at Starbucks and get my, whatever, her beverage of choice is, her latte or whatever. Could you grab something something for me? How would you handle that? Um, would it bother you to go pick that that's up? That's a
1: good question. I don't know. I think in the past it would have, but now I don't know that it would. Um... I think where I'm at now, I probably would pick it up for someone. Mm -hmm. Um, Because in that instance, I feel like it's an act of love for me to do something for them. And it's not necessarily. I don't know. I don't know. Okay.
0: So um I know s I know people that will um because their working environment have um access to or the the there's somebody. I, I should just call Sarah out. It's Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to have Sarah here. Maybe she'll be a guest uh uh one of these coming weeks. Um, uh, it depends on whether or not she brings us cookies. <laughs> and I'm not going to tell her whether bringing cookies gets her off the hook or gets her on the hook to, <laughs> to be on the podcast. But Sarah is an administrator or she's a, uh, she's a uh, in the, she's not an administrator, but she's one of the staff at a, um, a rehab slash long-term care slash et cetera facility. And she has residents who drink coffee and she has told me that she'll take coffee over to some of the residents. And, and, um, I think that's, that's kind of the same thing that you're talking about that is just because it's something that you don't do something that you don't uh, participate in doesn't necessarily mean that you should hold other people to your same standard or that you should assume that they're doing something. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to take a little bit of a tangent and, uh, I,
1: well, but real quick, I was just going to say it would be, it would be a little bit different if it was something that was harmful to themselves or others. Okay. Um.
0: Like you have an example of what you mean?
1: I was trying to think of one. Um. I don't know, like drugs or, -hmm. um, I don't know, maybe even cigarettes. I don't know that I could pick up cigarettes for someone just because I know how harmful those are. Mm -hmm. Um, but, or like, I mean, illicit drugs, I don't Mm want to be in possession of them. Right. Um, so in like that case, I probably would take a different appro- approach. But something like coffee—it's—it's mm-hmm. it's coffee, right? I don't know. I
0: was at the store yesterday and um, was passing by the um, some of the condiments and things like that, and one of the bottles that there were a couple bottles. There was the cooking wine, cooking sherry. And just, I have, I've never cooked with alcohol. And I don't know that I have a problem cooking with alcohol. I just have never done it. And, um, but I had that same thought that would, would it bother me to buy something that I would use for cooking or would it bother me to, to pick up something for somebody else? if it's something that I personally don't believe in. And I think, I don't know where my line is. I don't know where my personal threshold is. Uh, I think if somebody said, hey, can I borrow your credit card because my porn uh, subscription has expired. Not sure that I would give up my my credit card for that. But um, I'm not sure that I would have a problem going, I would probably mess up their coffee order because I don't know what all the things are. But... (laughs) I'm not sure that I would have a problem picking something up for somebody. So this, uh, I was in a, a meeting one time. This was, I was on the high council. This was a situation where we were, where we were discussing whether somebody's membership should continue. This was a back in the time we called them disciplinary councils. Now they're called membership councils. And the individual was, had made some significant mistakes and the stake president made a comment that really changed the way that I thought about membership of the church. And he said that this individual was clearly, we could see based on behavior, based on patterns, the individual was struggling to keep certain covenants and it would be kind. It would be charitable if he made the, he, the stake president made the decision to remove those covenants uh, via excommunication. And I'd never thought about that. I'd always thought about excommunication as a punishment that, Oh, you did something bad. We're going to kick you out of the church. But it got me thinking in a different way. So people that aren't held to the same expectations, meaning they, they don't belong to the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. For example, they don't, they're not, there's no obligation for them to adhere to the standards that we adhere to do we personally ha- have to let them feel like we're judging them because they're not adhering to our standards and and as Alice and I were talking yesterday about this she was telling part of the story that there's that there have been times that members of the church would would be critical of your your you're doing something wrong by drinking coffee or by doing things these things that aren't necessarily a violation of any rule or guideline or standard that they that they have been obligated to so i think when i think about it that way i i agree with you which sometimes it pains me to say <laughs> that i agree with you but if we're not holding if if somebody is not obligated to adhere to certain standards, then should we treat them differently if they don't follow those standards? So what are your, what is your wisdom about that?
1: I don't think we should treat them any differently based on their choices. There was a talk Mm, given a while ago, I don't know when. Mm-hmm. Um, by someone in <laughs> general conference.
0: I think I know exactly what you're talking um,
1: about. Um, it was one well, of the corners of the twelve. Maybe Renlund, Rasband, maybe mm, one of, one of the ones. R's yeah. that were all called the same time. You know, I just. Mm. Anyway, they were talking about how um, he and his wife would go out to eat with friends. Mm -hmm. And they wouldn't choose the restaurant based on whether or not they served alcohol. Um, But they would go somewhere that they enjoyed and that their friends could enjoy a glass of wine or whatever. Because... They, even though he was a general authority, he didn't think that he needed to say, hey, you're wrong. You shouldn't do this Mm -hmm. because those weren't their friend's standards. It was something that their friends enjoyed. And he was able to say, hey, I don't do that, but if this is what you want to do, then you can do it and we still want to enjoy your friendship. And I... I love that because I don't think I don't think that needs to change how we feel about someone, and it's really dangerous, I think, to teach people, especially kids, that um, what these people are doing or what other people are doing is evil mm. because we don't do it when it's not necessarily evil. Um, like growing up, I thought know tattoos Mm -hmm. were evil and it was you were a terrible person for getting a tattoo and then I had like this crisis in high school when some of my friends were getting tattoos and I didn't know I didn't know what that meant I was very confused and then I was super judgmental of them and I couldn't believe that they would do something so hurtful to me and it took me a long time to realize that that's that wasn't an attack on me. It had nothing to do with me. And it was something to... Um, I don't know. It was because of something that they loved. It wasn't right. just... It wasn't, I don't know, like a spur-of-the-moment thing. It was, here's something that I love and I want to keep close to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I learned to love that and to appreciate that in other people and i realized a long time later that it's okay for me to talk about that their tattoos and even look at them and admire them and say wow that was really well done or even ask like well why did you choose that specific thing right um and i know you've talked to annette a lot about this but mm-hmm. i don't think it's
0: that's two mentions, by the way. Yes. Two Annette mentions this this episode. Nice job.
1: Because she's like my favorite. <laughs> she's the best. Um, but, yeah, I don't think that reflects in any negative way on me mm-hmm. to love something about someone else, even if it's not something that I personally would do.
0: Right. And I think, so, A, that I feel like um as your father maybe i maybe i blew it in some ways that um and i think my understanding my way of approaching the gospel is, has shifted over the over the years but this idea of love the sinner hate the sin gets to be really problematic when you have somebody who especially if there's some uh, outwardly visible uh, thing, like a tattoo. And um, you have a brother who has tattoos. And so it, he happens to be my son as well. I'm not sure if.
1: Oh, really? <laughs>
0: <laughs> just in case people don't know the, the genealogy of how that works. Um, yeah, and and so if, if I were to hold to the belief that t- tattoos are evil, and I don't remember necessarily teaching that specifically but there must have been something in in how we approached that topic but if i were to hold to that then it would be really easy for me to to um treat him unkindly because he made choices that are different than mine but i think you're right a lot of times when people have tattoos as and this is just one example but a lot of times people choose something that is meaningful um, and I've talked to people. I was in the grocery store yesterday and heard two people. They were and they were comparing tattoos. They were showing this is my favorite one and this is why I got this one and just really interesting. And, and if somebody's going to mark their body permanently, there many times is a a very personal reason for that. And I don't know that my self righteousness is a good reason for me to be unkind to somebody for the for that especially when in many cases as i have heard their stories uh, i may have mentioned before i had a, an employee who showed me a tattoo this is the this is my grandmother's last heartbeat and this was the way that this uh, employee was able to remember his grandmother super interesting super um i thought it was a really touching tribute mm-hmm. and um so I think I I think I agree with you that that it's that this idea of trying to combine loving the individual with hating the sin that can be really that can be a challenge. So there are other things that people do that that we disagree with, um, and I'm just going to hit on a couple of them, but and there may be others and you may have some things that, that there's a up. lot
1: of things you do that I disagree with. Yeah.
0: Well, <laughs> and this is the reason that I have you in here with me all the time because I don't know.
1: So I can see you.
0: <laughs> yeah. Fix me. I'm going to give you a chance to correct all my mistakes one of these days. Finally. But there are people that use language that's different than, than mine. There are people that use, um, substances, whether it's alcohol, tobacco, tea, coffee, um, milk chocolate that's just that's a that's
1: wrong (laughs) you have convinced me of that that is yes
0: that is correct um yeah why would you make chocolate chip cookies with milk chocolate chips that's just that's you take something (laughs) that is so sweet and delicious and just if you disagree then you're wrong (laughs) but um yeah i think there are a lot of things like that and even when you get into things that are more serious um that more serious meaning are i don't know <laughs> is there a more serious i guess there is to some in some ways of of defining it but decisions that people make i have people that i work with that have had uh, extramarital affairs and that have been in, in divorce and remarriage and uh, things like that and yeah i struggle with Should I, should I treat those people differently because they've made decisions that are different than what I would make? And, um, there's a story that came to my mind. I'm not sure if I'm going to, I may share part of it or I may make it super vague. So it's unclear what I'm talking about, but, um, there I'll just give the, the, the lesson that I learned. There's somebody that was in my ward who there was a, there was some, discussion that kind of split the ward. it was kind of like a 95 to 5% split there was 5% that agreed with one individual and 95 that agreed with the other individual and um so as i was talking to the the individual in the minority um invited this person over for dinner with our families and and uh there was a some there's some question about should we should we allow this person into our home and the question came to me how unkind do we get to be? If, something, if somebody's making a mistake, and I don't know whether this person was or not, but if somebody's making a mistake or they're making decisions that are different than the ones that I would make, do I, does that mean I get to be unkind to them? And I don't know that it does. I don't know that we get to be, un, I don't know that, that that gives us the right to be unkind. So having said that, what do we do? This is my question for you, Allison. Dang it. <laughs> <laughs> what do we do when somebody is I don't it doesn't necessarily have to be a fact, but there's a perception. We'll just go with the perception that somebody's making decisions that are not aligned with our values, our core values, somebody who is maybe uh, addicted to gambling or pornography, or they're having an extramarital affair, or they're, they're doing something that is that we could say from a, a, um, a values standpoint that is they're living something that's contrary to our personal values. How should we handle that? And I think there's a difference between being unkind and, um endorsing the behavior but how do we how do we handle that
1: um my first thought was that in most cases there's usually some part of it that we don't see okay there's which may or may not excuse the behavior but in most cases if we knew that one little part it would um Maybe make sense. It would um, help us understand a little bit more and we'd be less likely to judge as harshly as we would otherwise. Okay. Um, The hard thing is, I don't think, in most cases, I don't think we're entitled to any of that information. Mm Mm-hmm probably in all cases we're not entitled to
0: and i think any that, of that gets that becomes frustrating in in a lot of ways because we think that without that information we should handle our interaction differently does that make sense yeah that if if you can justify why you're doing these things and i agree with your justification then, okay, now I understand, and it's acceptable. Not that it makes it right, but it's acceptable, it's understandable. And if I don't understand, I don't agree, then it's unacceptable.
1: And that doesn't make it any easier. Like, I can say all day that there's probably something that I'm not seeing, and it would still be hard for me to maybe not judge someone that I think is in the wrong, mm-hmm. but it's still a good thing to remember or to remind myself. Maybe that's why I say it so often is to rem- remind myself that there's probably a part of it that I don't see. And maybe that's the best way for me to, um, try and keep myself from judging harshly um maybe it's not the best way but it is a way mm-hmm. to just remember to um be kind
0: yeah it's i think th- and love people <laughs> <laughs> thanks Annette. <laughs> there are those three mentions um there are oftentimes and probably most of the time there is information that we don't have access to. And I agree that we don't, we don't necessarily have a right to that information. Um, just a quick story, uh, that illustrates that I was, this is at work this last week and, um, it was an overwhelming day. I was just, I had, so normally I have one team and we have a manager who left, so I'm covering that team. So I have two teams. And there's a manager who was sick, so I was, I'm was i covering his team for the, I have for the last two weeks. And then there's another manager who called in, so I was covering one of his teams. So four teams, so I've got to quadruple the work. And there was some paperwork that needed to get turned in on a certain schedule, and I wasn't getting it turned in on the, the schedule that my boss wanted it. And so he sent out a message to all of the managers calling a handful of us out. There were about 10 teams that didn't get their pe- paperwork in, three of them were mine. or or teams that I had responsibility for. And I was so angry that he was calling me out. I was so busy trying to, I was scrambling, trying to get everything done, everything I I had on my list, aside from this stupid paperwork. And I was trying to figure out how do I, diplomatically (laughs) or not, how do I tell him back off? I'm doing the best that I can. And one of my peers sent a message that said, basically that we're doing the best we can we're with our teams we're trying to get what you need and um, so all I did was when she sent that text message out I liked the comment and my boss responded to just to me and said you should not have liked that and I got even more hot <laughs> about that I was so angry and so I told him I can't talk about this right now so it was a day and a half later the next day but uh, late in the shift, uh, we got together and he said, let me tell you what I meant. And he got information from me about what I meant, what was, what I was going on in my head. And he said, that's what I figured. So have you looked at performance statistics of the managers? And I said, no, I, I look at my performance statistics and the teams that I'm covering, but that's all. I, I don't have time to worry about my peers and how they're doing. And he said, let me just share some information with you. And he pointed out that where my team was, and actually all my teams that I was uh, covering were at acceptable levels, the, the manager that had shared that we're doing the best that we can had some of her, uh, some of the statistics, some of the benchmark numbers for her performance were so off the charts bad significant not good performance and he said your comment or your liking her comment aligns you with that performance and i don't want you to do that and that comment i knew there had to be something that i was missing and i just could not in my angry state figure out i i couldn't even figure out what the possibility was and as soon as he explained he showed me the statistics and and it became very clear that I was comparing, I w- I was taking her comment, which t- to me felt like it was the same thing I was doing, but based on her performance, it was clear that she was not performing at the same level and she was just making excuses. And my boss with his perspective said, you've got to be really careful. So my whole point in that story is that there are, situations that we just don't know about and we may never know about and we don't necessarily have a right to know about and even if we do know it doesn't give us the right or the yeah the right to judge somebody's behavior or lack of behavior there which is still behavior but we don't get to, to judge them and um even if like i was saying even if we did know the situation it's not our it's not our place to decide that okay this is enough to justify your the mess that you're in or the 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 struggle that you, that you have we just don't we don't know and that's a lot of me talking <laughs> saying it's really hard to separate the sin from the sinner, especially if, if we feel strongly about the, the quote unquote sin. So what do we do? How do we handle that?
1: I don't know. I think there's a difference and I don't know exactly how to do it. Well or perfectly, but I think there's a difference in letting people know this is something I'm not interested in. I won't, um, participate in, mm-hmm. but also allowing them to do those things themselves and, um, I, I don't know the right way to say it, but I think you can You can tell someone just that, that you won't do this thing. For example, I'm not going to drink coffee, but mm-hmm. you can if that's something that you enjoy and I will still hang out with you or enjoy your company, even if you're sitting there drinking a coffee while I'm drinking my water, mm-hmm. which is boring, but I do like water. <laughs> <laughs> but I I think there's a difference in, in that, whereas I've seen other people just put down or nag mm. others for doing specific things that just aren't, that's not their values. Right. And if it's not something that's going to harm someone I just don't see any harm in allowing them to do that and still being with them
0: yeah so um how effective is nagging
1: it's not sometimes I think it just does the opposite
0: yeah and I'm not saying that you have ever nagged and I'm not saying that you've never been nagged but I'm sure you've observed it I'm trying to keep myself safe in case people that I love ever listen to this. I won't mention specific people. <laughs> I got to protect myself. I'm not talking about you, mom. And I'm not talking about you, Marcin talking about everybody else.
1: I'm talking about you, <laughs>
0: <laughs> but nagging is, is, um, so easy to do. And it's not effective. I was, I was in a, um, discussion the other day and somebody made the observation that we believe that the way to create change which means to create change in ourselves in our own behavior or in somebody else's behavior is to be judgmental and criticize but it never works it never works being judgmental does not create change in ourselves and does not create change in other people being judgmental criticizing nagging other people does not change their behavior um, it doesn't get them to take out the trash. It doesn't get them to clean up the room. It doesn't get them to do their homework. Or does it? Am I missing something, Allison?
1: You're missing a lot of things. But, okay. yeah. but I have a question for you. Yeah. So what's the difference or where's the line between nagging mm-hmm. and reminders, gentle reminders or... um. Yeah, I guess reminders would be the best way to describe it. Because I think a lot of times when we nag, we think, oh, we're just reminding them. Mm-hmm. So what's the difference between a gentle reminder and nagging? And how do you avoid nagging?
0: That's a good question. I don't know. This is why I ask the questions. <laughs> because <laughs> I don't want to have to think about this. I think... um There's an element of agency that can be part of that, that, um, I asked the boys tonight. Uh, I asked Edison and mom asked Dalton, it was the same question. Do you want to take the trash out to the street or empty the dishwasher? And, um, giving them a choice might be part of that. I don't know. Um, but I also think. It could have to do with frequency, could have f- frequency meaning the number of times that that it comes up, then it could have to do with volume. It could have to do with um, maybe the thought behind it. Why, why are you bringing it up? Uh, I've had times where I really appreciate when somebody reminds me to do something. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had other times where I really don't appreciate it, but I accept the fact that the person is trying to be helpful and I've had other times that I just want to tell people to back off. And um, like when my boss said, get your paperwork in. <laughs> I got it. I'll get it in when I can. So I don't know that I have an answer to your question. But um, I, I do believe that maybe a one-time reminder might not be enough. Um, maybe there's a way that you can raise a question or raise the issue without coming across as naggy. And I don't know. I don't know that I have the answer to that. If anybody has answers, then send them in because um, I've already ruined Allison and Brendan and Carissa. And I'm well on my way to ruining Dalton and Edison. So if you. There's
1: <laughs> no hope for us.
0: I know. It's so sad. Justin will have to fix you. Now, it's not, now you're his problem.
1: <sighs> yeah. But I mean, for for me I think there's plenty of times where I need a reminder if someone brings something up to me when I'm in the middle of something Mm -hmm. and don't have the attention I need to uh, remember what has been said what needs to be done um, then I do need a reminder later and I appreciate it when someone reminds me in a gentle way mm-hmm. um, and sometimes I might need a couple reminders if right. there's a lot going on um, but I don't know where the line is either maybe it is probably is with frequency or just making sure it's a convenient time um, to remind them yeah. um, if they're already frustrated with something it's probably not a good time Um, And maybe also just beginning it early enough with enough time that it's not urgent. It doesn't have to be done right that second because that can cause. What about
0: on the front end, you can talk about what the deadline is that I need this done by this time. And do you want me to remind you or do you want me to say anything? I think think about the, the things that have happened in the last week for me at work and the times that my bosses reminded me and the times that it's felt like nagging and the times that it's felt like a helpful reminder. And I think, yeah, when I was overwhelmed, it was super naggy. Mm-hmm. And when I was, um, distracted and I had just completely forgotten about something, it was a helpful reminder. Oh, by the way, before you leave, I need you to. Mm-hmm. And, um, that didn't bother me at all. So, uh, I don't know. That might be a, a a good question to explore. That how can we keep from being Maggie? Mm-hmm. So I don't know. If that I don't know if that wraps up our our discussion about love the sinner, hate the sin. Love the sin, hate the sinner. However, we we're going to do it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> hate the belief, love the believer.
0: Uh, that might I might <laughs> like that a little bit better, but I don't know. I don't know. I think still think that it's Mm -hmm. it gets a little bit, um, a little bit uh, wrapped up in identities and things like that. If you have somebody who who has different beliefs, should you hate those beliefs, or should you just appreciate appreciate their that they're on a different, yeah, a different experience,
1: yeah,
0: and different isn't bad. I really believe that different is different than you. Well. Milk chocolate, that's where <laughs> I draw the line. <laughs> I don't know, I think as much as I hate to say, it, Annette was right, The lo- just love people. and
1: But that doesn't mean it's easy.
0: No, it's not easy. It's super not easy. Super not. Super not. And that might be a, another conversation that we'll have about. So when somebody... And we and we kind of got into it a little bit last week and and touched on it briefly today, and so maybe we'll attack it in the future that when when somebody has a one of those beliefs that maybe is challenging or difficult for us to accept, how do we express love, how do we keep it a safe place for them but also uh, i think because I think a lot of times it's it feels like loving somebody who's doing something differently than what I believe is somehow violating my principles. And I don't think that that's true. I don't think that that's, I don't think that's right. I, I don't think that loving somebody who who's doing something maybe even objectively wrong is a violation of my beliefs or my principles or my values. So maybe we'll tackle that. Maybe we'll get that. Any last comments before we wrap it up? And if you're going to defend the milk chocolate, then I'm going to cut your microphone right now.
1: (laughs) I don't want to say you're right. So I'll just say you're not wrong.
0: Okay. Well, that's, I can accept that. Okay. You want to be more specific or just blanket? I'm not wrong. No,
1: just (laughs) your last few comments. They're not wrong. Okay. Or not completely wrong. Not
0: completely wrong. Just a little bit, maybe a little bit off. Maybe. Maybe. All right. <laughs> well, thanks for listening as we entertain ourselves talking about different things, including chocolate, milk chocolate. And I'm telling you, that's, that's Satan's counterfeit. <laughs> we'll talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to Chocolate Cake Bites. Please like, share, subscribe, and give us a five-star rating and review. We'd love to hear your comments and ideas, and you can reach out to me at Ken at chocolatecakebites.com. And before you end the day, take a few minutes to consider, who do you know who needs chocolate cake?